Before I begin with the message this morning, I would just like to take a moment. I know Glenn uh, has been talking to me about this. Those of you that want to be members of Pleasant Valley Chapel, uh, I want to just make a a plea to you. You know, what we want to do in the future is we want the board, we want the church to represent what's, what's in our congregation. So our, our heart's cry is that those of you now that maybe aren't members, that want to become members, uh, see Glenn, see Priscilla, and um, they can show you how to f- fill it out. It's not a, it's not a big, long, uh, drawn-out thing. You can just fill out the forms, and, and then um, they will bring it to the board. But it's something that I think it's important for where we're going as a church body, and so um, just keep that in the back of your mind. This morning... I would just like to take a few moments and I want to talk to you about a scripture in Luke chapter 23, 7.23. It says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. I want to give you the setting for this scripture real quickly before I begin. John the Baptist was in prison. He sends two of his disciples to inquire of Jesus, is he really the one, the Messiah? For John, everything had gone wrong. He had completely dedicated his life from childhood to adult to God. His oath, his vow, his his lifestyle reflected all that he was in, in God. And now he was shut up in an irksome prison and there seemed no escape. This fearless and faithful herald of God's Christ was seemingly forgotten by the Master. Everybody else was enjoying the miraculous deliverance through Jesus but nothing was, being hap- was happening for John. No wonder he was despondent. No wonder he sent his disciples to Jesus to inquire what had gone wrong or what was going on with, with great regret. How many times in our own lives have you experienced disappointment with God? Where are you, Lord? God didn't answer like I thought he should. Or even the way my theology maybe thought it should happen. It's troublesome at times. I'll tell you what, this is probably one of the most, one of the areas that is the the most dynamic that can change us and turn us back around in the wrong direction is the fact that we think, oh, God's forgotten me. And I believe that's what John was looking at here. And Jesus tells his disciples, John's disciples, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. The startling surprise of all this is there was certainly no self, there was no place, no room for self-pity. See, if John was looking for it, Jesus didn't give it to him. Times of encouragement, Jesus wasn't giving it to him here. It was more of a time of deep testing. And those times will come in our lives. I want us all to understand, listen, if you came into the kingdom and you were told that everything was going to be roses, I'm going to give you a surprise. It doesn't work that way. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. So this morning, I want to look at offense, Satan's bait. Not just for our relationship with Christ, but also for every aspect of our life. Our relationships. Offense is is one of the main things, one of the main things that the enemy uses to trap us. And once he has us, guess what? All of a sudden, he can direct our paths. Today, this morning, I'm sure our first response would be, No, I don't walk in offense. 
However, I want you to know this. Your own self-preservation mode will kick in. It will, be, it will tell you to become hard so that nothing can hurt you. Nothing, nothing that anybody says is going to penetrate me. When we are offended, the first thing we want to do is build up walls of protection around ourselves. An impenetrable fortress to protect us. To harden ourselves to the arrows of the enemy. And at these times, we will, might even try to be a little bit spiritual about it. Well, I'm just, I'm just pressing in with the Lord. See, most of us will say, though, I'm never going to be hurt like that again. No one is going to take advantage of me like that. It may happen to me once, but it will not happen again. Why do you think the courts are full of all kinds of, of cases? It's because of this very thing, offense. To the woman who's been cheated on, I'll never be hurt by a man again. To the one who's been misjudged, I will not even, I think I'm just going to stay back. I'm just going to sit back. I'm not going to put myself out there and get hurt and harmed. See, those he maybe even in church. I've been hurt by church, so you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go back anymore. It's phony. All of it's phony anyway, so why even try? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Paul said this. He says, Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because the reason why he says this is happening to them is because of the hardness of their heart. See, God wants us to have a soft and pliable heart. See, Jesus gave us this kind of example. Unending forgiveness. Unequal transparency. And unrivaled vulnerability. I'm going to tell you, if in relationship or in anything we do, in, in our relationships at church, in our relationships at home, in our relationships with people, when we try to go do good things for people, all of these things, this is all, you're always going to find this. And if we don't have the kind of attitude that Christ had with an unending forgiveness, with an unequal transparency, and with an unrivaled vulnerability, we will not see, we will not be able to walk in what the kingdom God wants us to walk in. See, offense this morning, I want you to understand, is wrought in the heart. But for it to be removed, there must be a cleansing in the flesh and in the spirit. See, it comes in very easily. You say, well, I don't understand how, how easily it can come in. Well, let's look at Psalms 109.18. It says he wore cursing, and he's not talking about cuss words. He's talking about those who walk in the spirit of bitterness and anger. He says, it entered into his body like water and into his bones like oil. See, when we walk in this offense, it penetrates not just the outside, but it penetrates deep inside. There is a deep work that has to be done to remove those things. And, and Scott was preaching on this one time at Ignite, and he says, and when those things get pulled out, there's usually some ripping of roots and some blood that happens because all of a sudden when those things get ripped out, you feel the pain. See, our reaction to offense is usually one of these three things. We're either schemers, we want to get back at them. Or we're screamers, we discredit them. How many times have I seen that? Or we're steamers, passive-aggressive, we just pout. Or streamers, we weep and we just walk in depression. Those, those four things are the things that will happen. When offense comes, we will normally operate in one of these areas. 
discrediting people. I've seen this where, where somebody's offended you. You know what you do? All of a sudden we say, oh, you know what? They weren't really, they weren't really who they said they were anyway. They weren't even a Christian. They weren't, you know, and, and we give them, we push them off and, and make ourselves feel better. But in this relationship, in this, in this situation with offense, Francis Frangipane, in his book, in Christ's training, he said this, it's not enough that we not, that, that we not react negatively. We must respond positively to those who come against us as Christ did. The only way I can become more like Jesus is when those parts of me that are not like him become exposed. And then they are so often exposed through offenses. There is no greater opportunity to become Christ-like than in the midst of pain and injustice. See, if we really want to be like Christ, offense is going to come, and an offense is going to show us who we truly are in Him. How many times have we seen somebody, you've seen it probably in relationships, somebody gets offended at you, or, or, or even in your relationship, maybe in uh, your family, and all of a sudden, they just, they've turned their, their back and they're walking the different direction. The, the truth comes out in offense. We'll find out who we are in Christ during offense. Hebrews, I used this scripture last week, Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up in you to cause trouble and defile many. That word trouble there, I told, I told the word causing trouble in the Greek actually means like a mob taking over. There's a mob mentality of the enemy. When you are, are under... Um, uh, when, you, when you come into this place where we allow the, the enemy to um, come in and just begin to stir that emotion within us. See, the, the truth is not whether he can be trusted, but whether I can be trusted. Will there be offense in me? Offenses like this, and, and using fire as an example... See, gossip is one of the most effective weapons of the enemy to bring offense. I cannot choose whether someone will wield the weapon. I can only choose whether or not that weapon inflicts serious injury. Gossip can make, can make me flow, can flow liberally over me and never affect my heart. Think of gossip like a fire. Fire needs three things. It needs fuel, it needs an ignition source, and it needs oxygen. Now the tongue is that match. And I cannot dictate whether or not that match will be struck. Even without the match, lightning may strike and a huge fire may grow up just because of that. But it, there's always got to be fuel and oxygen. We provide the fuel and the oxygen. These two elements we have in our power. See, I want you to see today, offense is like this. The, the, the match can strike. The lightning can strike. It can happen without us even knowing. People can gossip. People can talk. People can do things that harm us. That we cannot control. But the other two elements we can control. The fuel is our own words, our actions, and our weaknesses. Now just how do we remove the fuel? By walking in transparency and vulnerability. When I am open about myself, there is little left for gossip. Part of the thrill of gossip is the secrecy of the information. And I can walk in transparency and vulnerability, not when people make me feel safe, but when I realize that I am safe and protected in Christ. I am always safe. There is no danger that can befall me. No one can pluck me out of his hand. He is my refuge. The oxygen is our need for acceptance. This is big, guys. The oxygen is our need for acceptance and approval of men. Acceptance and approval are the very breath 
When I no longer need man's approval, gossip's fire has a gasping breath. It has little oxygen and thereby little power to burn me. When gossip is denied its fuel through transparency and vulnerability, we are dev- when we do devoid it of oxygen by needing to be accepted by people, it ceases to rend our hearts. See, this happens in churches. This happens in our relationship with our spouses. It happens in relationships with our family and our workplace. Offenses usually occur uh, just like this. We take the bait. (laughs) This week I was thinking about this and two pastors were talking and one of them said, hey, it's hard to find a good youth pastor. And I think you could have taken that two ways. You could have said, yeah. And if, if I'm a youth pastor, I could have said, yeah. It is hard to find a good youth pastor because it's difficult to find somebody with, that, with, with talent that can work with kids. But the response back was, yeah, and it's, good. it's hard to find a good pastor too. And it's the same thing in, in relationship in our, with our boss. Your boss might say, you know, it's hard to find a good worker. Maybe what he's saying is you're a good one. But if we take it offensively, yeah, and it's hard to find a good boss too. Same thing with our spouses. You can put anybody in this place. It's how we choose to respond to it. It occurs, offense occurs when we feel like we've been ignored, overlooked, or given even responsibility we don't want. We, we can be offended when we get blamed for something we didn't do. We can be offensive when we, get, we don't receive credit for what we think we have due. We can have offense when we feel like somebody's been inconsiderate and thoughtless. We can be offensive, but any time we get offensive and we take the bait of the enemy, he has us hooked. The problem comes in like this. Satan starts hurling his insults after I've been offended and his thoughts become my thoughts. See, the enemy wants you to have his thoughts. You say, well, I don't know. If, is that biblical? Let me, let's, look at, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Why? Because the enemy wants you to have his thoughts. He wants you to think like he thinks. And so many times when we get offended, guess what we do? We have just wrapped ourselves around and we say, you know what, I'm going to begin to think. We don't even do it intentionally. But we begin to think like the enemy thinks. He loves to give us his thoughts. He loves to pour them into us. And when we have bit the, the, the bite, we've taken the bite of that bait, we're hooked. See, what you come into agreement with will empower your life. What you come into agreement with, the thoughts that the enemy places in your mind. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes, some of you guys are going to go, well, they... Those, some of those thoughts are just wicked all the time. He wants, makes me think of all kinds of bad things to do. Yeah. But it's, it's not sin until you come into agreement with it. What you come into agreement with will empower your life. 
So when the enemy begins to twirl these thoughts and he begins to sling all these things at us, we have to reject it and say, you know what? No, I will not. I will not think the way the enemy thinks. I'm going to think the way Christ thinks. And what Christ thinks is this, in this place of vulnerability that says, you know what? It doesn't matter. And when I don't have to be worried, about, if I'm not worried about being accepted by everybody, guess what? I've taken the oxygen out. Now all of a sudden, it doesn't really matter. What they say doesn't matter to me anymore. Because it's, it, all it is is words. This is, this is true for your relationship with your spouse, your work, every place we go. I'm going to tell you, this is a principle for all of us. Maybe it's not just for church. I will tell you it is for church too because this is the place right here. God's gathering us together. He's bringing, He's building a church here in Springville. And if we don't operate and function the way He wants us to function, guess what? When we're walking in a fence, we make decisions based upon what the enemy keeps whispering in our ears. You keep saying, well, I'm tired of listening to Him. I know! Stop Him! Don't let a fence come in! Shut Him down! You say, well, and I, I, somebody not, not too long ago said this to me, well, I thought when I became a Christian, all that was just going to go away. No, you know what? It's going to become more difficult. His devices are going to become even more uh, strong. But you know what? We know how to resist because he's given us the mind of Christ. Do you realize that when you take up offense, you're giving the enemy a stronghold? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, Jesus is talking here about the last days. And he says, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. He goes on to say that those who persevere till the end will be the ones that are saved, because in those last days, many hearts will grow cold. Our hearts will go cold towards Christ. But this word offended here means this. The scandalizo. Properly to set a snare, to hinder right conduct or thought, or to cause to stumble. Literally, it means this, to fall into the trap. See, offense does that with us. It puts us in the trap. See, offense is Satan's trap. And once we take the bait, he has us. He owns us. Matthew eleven six 6 says, Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. Jesus was saying, you can be offended by me, you can be offended by God, you can be offended by His Word. Yes, you can be offended by your pastor, which happens on a regular basis. But see, He wants us to understand, listen, in this relationship, offense is going to come. It's the choice of how we react to it. We are all going to be harmed. You say, well, Greg, I, 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 can't, I can't see that happening. It happens for me too. It happens for all of us. There's probably not a week that goes by that something can't pop up that can get, make us make the choice. Am I going to be offended or am I going to walk in the Spirit? See, the Jews were offended because they thought that Jesus had come to rescue them. To free them from the Roman rule. And just like John... John sat in prison. Guys, some of you guys, I'm telling you right now, some of us are in a prison, spiritually speaking. Things aren't going exactly like you want them to go. You're in that place right now where you're saying, hey, send somebody to Jesus and ask him, what is going on with me? Why am I going through all this? 
I was praying about this and the Lord spoke to me and says, Greg, you have a choice. You can be in a real prison, which someday we may be because, just because we're Christians. Or you can submit to the prison in the, the, the situation that you're in right now, being vulnerable, being open, and allow that, that situation to break your spirit. Jesus, he, say, he talks about in, in Psalms, he says, what he looks for is a contrite spirit. A broken heart. Not that hard heart. Not that calloused heart. But a heart that's pliable that he can work with. So look at your situation right now. Okay, I may be in this prison place. I'm going to continue. I will continue to call out, Lord, please, save me. For John, his salvation came when they took his head. For John, though, Jesus said this among women, among, uh, among men who have been born of a woman, there is no one greater than John. Matthew 6.15 If you want to defeat offense, Matthew 6.15 But do not forgive, if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not be able to forgive your transgressions. Let me back up one scripture. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and therefore remember that your, your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come, come and present your offering. Jesus was telling us, listen, I don't even need your offering if it's not going to be with the right heart. It means nothing. That was Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Matthew six fifteen. but if you do not forgive others then your Father will not be able to forgive your transgressions. Mark eleven twenty five, and And if whenever you're standing praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your transgressions. John said it like this. 1 John 2, 9, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or sister is still in darkness. 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. This part is difficult. Because this is the part that says, this is us right here. This is, this is the church. We claim to be in the light. We claim to love God. He's saying, listen, if you can't do these simple things, this isn't Greg telling you. This is, this is the word of God saying, listen, if you're going to walk in me, this is what it's going to require. Is it going to be difficult? Because offense is going to come. The enemy is going to constantly lay that bait out before you. See, offense gets in the way of our own forgiveness. Offense roots in our heart and grieves the Holy Spirit. Offense stunts spiritual growth. It gets us derailed and sidetracked. Offense steals our focus from God. And Paul said, think on these things. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be, he, he told us, these are the things that we are to think on. Offense divides God's people. Offense changes our personality in negative ways. And offense will cripple you. What is your response to being offended? Offense is our opportunity to grow, to become Christ-like, to respond in opposition to what the world says. When we are offended, I want you to know this, that God's watching. 
God sees. When you've been overlooked, He sees it. When no one's watching, He's watching. He said, what you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. So when we go do something for the kingdom, like this week, we have an opportunity to give away food. By the way, all of you are invited to, on Thursday up at Sequoia Dawn if you want to help out, 8.30. But this is just another opportunity. We can do something small. He says, what you've done unto the least, you've done unto me. Let me just re- react. Let me just tell you this. The, the enemy uses these things, the, the, the spirit of offense, to delete, delay, and destroy. If you want to walk in the kingdom of God, these are the things that he is going... You know, in, in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says that in the last days, there will be those who do great exploits. You'll delete, delay, and destroy those things if we walk in offense. As we get ready to close, forgiveness is not forgetting. It's just not meditating on it. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision of our will. Forgiveness is agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. I can't tell you where that lightning strike is going to happen. I don't, can't tell you how that match or who is going to give you that match that's going to strike it right in front of you. You may go home today and your husband immediately strikes the match. Some of your husbands say, Tell, it's the wife usually. <laughs> but what I tell you this is, you have a choice right there. Lightning can strike as, you walk, as you're walking down the street. But you know what? You have the choice. That fuel that you give it is up to you. Is your choice. Forgiveness is from the heart. Forgiveness is not choosing to hold someone's sin against them anymore. It's not based upon their deservingness of forgiveness. And forgiveness is not based upon a feeling. This morning, I want you to hear you. This is what I want to tell you guys. Some would say, Lord, help me forgive. He's already done that. This morning, I want you to know when you say, Lord, I want to forgive. His answer is this. Lord, I choose to forgive. Lord, I choose not to hold resentment. I relinquish my right to seek revenge. Thank you for setting me free from the bondage of bitterness. I now ask that you bless those who have hurt me and heal my damaged emotions. Make me unoffendable, God. I don't want to take... Satan's bait offense. For years, I've seen it in the church. I've seen it in homes. You see that person that's just bitter, angry, resentful, no matter what happens. They just, they, you can see it within them. You know what it is? They've taken the bait. The wife, that no matter what happens, the husband can't do anything right. She's just bitter and angry about what, anything that happens. She's taking the bait. Offense will keep you from growing in the Lord. It will stunt your growth. Offense means that I've adopted the enemy's thoughts. This morning, I'm telling you guys, I don't want the enemy's thoughts. I don't want them. I don't want him playing with my mind. I want to do what 2 Corinthians 10.5 says. To 
take captive every thought, every pretense, every imagination. Make it obedient to Christ. This morning, I'd like you just to bow your heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, I know that as I've preached this message this morning, because it's your message, it's not mine. Lord, that you are stirring the hearts of those this morning, many who've walked in offense, maybe even unintentionally, but God, that offense has come in and it's taken root. Lord, I pray this morning that we release it. God, that you have empowered us and given us the choice. I choose to forgive. I choose to relinquish. I choose to let it go this morning. Those who've hurt me, those who've harmed me, I release it to you right now in the name of Jesus. If there's somebody's name that comes to your mind right now, I want you just to speak it to the Lord. Lord, I give you that person right now. I give you that situation right now. I want the mind of Christ. I don't want the enemy robbing my thoughts. God, let us be captivated by you this morning. I pray in your name. Amen. Go and grab the kids. Hallelujah. I don't want our growth stunted. I want us to be able to walk in the freedom that God has given us. Pursue Him. And as you pursue Him, let go of all these other things. Listen, the biggest thing we can do is... Is, is to take that oxygen out of the situation. You are not dependent on anybody else's appraisal of you. The only appraisal that matters is Christ. So when they say things, let it go. When it feels harmful, let it go. I belong to Christ. My hope is in Him. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. We're going to close with a song make me unoffendable God I think I went too far uh, I did there we go Let's just praise Him this morning. Just for a minute, let's just give Him the glory and honor and praise right now. Just speak it out to Him. To the one who's seated on the throne above all thrones. To the one who saw fit to gather all His children close. To the one I feel in the sunlight on my skin. To the one who shattered every remnant of my sin.
We give you glory and honor to the King of kings, the Lord of lords. God, the one who can make us unoffendable. Lord, that's the cry of our heart this morning. God, make us unoffendable. We thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. You may be dismissed.